Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, September 24th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. If I was going to write a headline for the September Federal Reserve meeting, it would be something like this. Extraordinary loose inflationary monetary policy continues unabated. Of course, you'll never see that headline in the mainstream. Nobody seems to care what the Fed is actually doing. It's all about what the Fed is saying. Here are some of the actual headlines from mainstream publications. The Federal Reserve is getting ready to roll back its massive stimulus. Fed tees up taper and signals rate rises possible next year. Fed signals bond buying taper coming soon, rate hike next year. If you read or listen to the analysis of the FOMC meeting, you'd almost think the Fed announced its tapering program like it's actually a thing. It isn't. Everything is plugging along as it was. Interest rates remain at zero. The Fed is going to keep buying $120 billion every month in treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. That means the Fed is going to keep right on printing about $120 billion each month and injecting it into this bubble economy. I wish my words had as much power as Jerome Powell. You know, the influence these politically connected bankers have on the economy reveals just how jacked up the system really is. When I hear people yammering about the unrestrained free market in the U.S., I just have to laugh. You don't have a free market when a brood of bankers controls the money, when interest rates are manipulated and fixed. Anyway, once again, it was talk, talk, talk over at the Fed. It was more open mouth operations. Some guy commented over on the Shiftgold Facebook page. It was on the article I wrote about the big FedEx rate hike for next year, which once again undercuts this inflation is transitory narrative we keep getting from the Fed. This guy says, and yet gold is still falling. I sarcastically responded that that's because the Fed is going to tighten monetary policy and fix inflation. His response was that it doesn't have to. All it has to do is talk. And you know, it really seems that way. But as I told this guy, I think at some point economics always wins. I mean, I can't envision a scenario where this artificial bubble economy goes on forever. You can only kick the can down the road until you run out of road. I will grant you, they have pushed this along far longer than I ever imagined. I mean, really for more than a decade. I think Rona kind of saved their bacon, to be honest. We were heading for a crash in the fall of 2018. The Fed was trying to tighten, and it failed. That's important to remember as we head into this season of so-called tightening. The central bank was back to loose monetary policy before the pandemic. It was already desperately trying to pump air into a slowly deflating bubble economy through 2019. The coronavirus just gave the Fed cover. It papered over the complete and utter failure of the post-Great Recession monetary experiment. It let them hide the fact that they could never take the monetary policy back to normal. With the economy shut down completely, the Fed could get away with another massive QE infusion. I really think coronavirus, in some ways, put off the natural occurring recession. I mean, it created a coronavirus recession, but... There was a recession coming before the pandemic. 
It could reinflate the bubble with these emergency monetary measures. But the economy now lives on emergency monetary measures. QE and low interest rates are propping up the economy. We're all drunk on Fed stimulus, and I don't think they can take away the punch bowl without collapsing the whole thing. It might be able to water down the punch a little bit. It might be able to start a taper. But what is the Fed going to do when the party goers get really angry? That's the real question. But of course, the Fed can talk about the party ending sometime down the road, and nobody gets too anxious. You know, nobody gets upset when the host says, hey, the party's going to end sometime later. I mean, that's exactly what the Fed is doing. And so far, the markets are buying it. Although I was a little surprised, gold actually didn't sell off nearly as much as I would have expected. It was down about 10 bucks on Wednesday after the Fed meeting. As hawkish as this meeting supposedly was, I would have expected an even steeper drop right after the uh, announcement, given how the markets are playing expectations about central bank policy. Now, gold did continue to sell off yesterday. I think it was down about 1% over the two days, and it did dip below 1750 but as I was prepping this podcast, uh, we had a little bit of a rally this morning, and we're back above 1750 an ounce. So, okay, let's talk a little bit about the Fed meeting. As I've already emphasized, and I will emphasize it again because I think it's important, the Fed didn't do anything. It didn't hike rates. It didn't announce a taper plan. But the Fed did indicate it may begin to taper asset purchases, quote unquote, soon. If progress continues broadly as expected, the committee judges that a moderation in the pace of asset purchases may soon be warranted. That was from the FOMC statement. Now, if you actually break down that sentence, it's pretty darn vague, right? Everybody was looking for the Fed to actually lay out a plan for tapering QE. But once again, the Fed just talked obliquely about slowing the pace of asset purchases sometime later. All Powell and company said is that they may begin a gradual tapering process soon, maybe. Note all of the conditional words in this Fed statement. Tapering may soon be warranted. Of course, you can also read that, uh, that it may not soon be warranted. And what exactly does soon mean? And what does a moderation in the pace of asset purchases mean? What's moderate? Are they going to taper QE by $10 billion, $20 billion? And how long are they going to take to get to zero? We have no clue. I mean, there is literally no real information in that sentence. Now, people are hanging their expectations on those words, and Powell kind of hinted around during his press conference. I'm hearing tapering may start in December. That seems to be the the consensus, but, you know, who knows? It may not. A lot of the hints we're getting from Powell don't really make sense either. During the Q&A, he said he thought the taper could, quote, conclude around the middle of next year. Well, if we don't start until December... And we're going to be at zero, done with tapering by the middle of 2022. That's a pretty damn fast taper. But Powell has also repeated over and over that the taper will be gradual. Gradual and done by the middle of next year don't work together. I mean, think about how far the Fed has to taper. We're at $120 billion a month in QE right now. The other big focus was on the fact that more FOMC members now say the first rate hike could come as early as next year. That pushes the interest rate hike timetable up a little bit. 
But Fed Chairman Jerome Powell repeatedly goes out of his way to assure everybody that liftoff is still a long way off and that the central bankers aren't yet considering a timeline for rate hikes. And Powell has repeatedly said that the Fed won't begin raising rates until the taper is complete. That means nobody can put a timeline on liftoff until we have a timeline on tapering, which we don't have. But if you're using the rate hike dot plot gauge, that brings us back to the really super fast taper in order to get QE to zero in order to do liftoff by the middle of next year. If you ask me, this is all word salad. It's all posturing. I've said it before. I stand by it. I don't think we're going to see any meaningful tightening. I think they're going to try. I think the economy is going to throw a fit. And I think we're going to be right back to easing as we are today. Meanwhile, we have a great big elephant in the living room. Inflation. Now, the Fed now acknowledges that prices are rising faster than they were initially projecting. You know, good job catching up with reality there, boys and girls. The new forecast is for core inflation to increase 3.7% this year. That compares with a 3% projection that they gave us back in June. Now, even while acknowledging surging prices, Powell continues to call it transitory, and he blames it completely on supply chain problems. He said, quote, these bottleneck effects have been larger and longer lasting than anticipated. Wow. Good observation there, Mr. Powell. While these supply effects are prominent for now, they will abate. Yeah, they will. Who knows when, but they will. And as they do, inflation is expected to drop back toward our longer run goal. So in other words, as Powell is so fond of saying, inflation is, say it with me, transitory. So if inflation is transitory, why in the heck did FedEx uh, just announce shipping rate hikes that are bigger than any in the last decade that will take effect next year? Just something to think about. I mean, if you look at what's actually going on in the economy, there is really no reason to think inflation is about to subside. But the Fed really, 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 really needs for it to subside, given that meaningful tightening is a fantasy. And that brings me to an article I ran across by Ryan McMakin, the senior editor over at the Mises Institute. Apparently, there is a push to simply raise the inflation target. You know, they kind of did this already last year when they started talking about average inflation of 2%. You know, it used to be a 2% target, and then they went to average inflation of 2%. That gave them an excuse to let it run a little moderately above 2% for a while. Moderately is the Fed speak word that they like to use. We're going to let inflation run moderately above 2% for a while to make up for the fact that we were below 2% for so long. But what if that's not enough? Well, how about just doing away with the 2% target altogether? That's a real idea. Get rid, get rid of that target and raise it. McMakin cites a Wall Street Journal article by Greg Ipp, who says if inflation remains above targets, the Fed should just raise the targets. He writes, one strategy Powell or his successor should consider in that eventuality is to simply raise the target. Ip thinks that higher inflation is a way to ensure an employment-fueled expansion. In other words, he's bought hook, line, and sinker these Keynesian ideas about the relationship between inflation and employment. 
He writes, why would higher inflation ever be a good thing? Economic theory says modestly higher, stable inflation should mean fewer and less severe recessions and less need for exotic tools such as central bank bond buying, which may inflate asset bubbles. More practically, if inflation ends up closer to 3% than 2% next year, raising the target would relieve the Fed of jacking up interest rates to get inflation down, destroying jobs in the process. In other words, our current monetary policy, our economic theory isn't working quite right, so let's just move the goalposts. That's pretty much what government always does, right? I'll link to the McMakin article in the show notes page. It's worth a read. But stop for a second and think about this proposal. Higher inflation, what does that really mean? It means prices rise even faster. These wonks never seem to think about the fact that when they talk about higher inflation, they mean you and I pay more for gas, for housing, for food, for entertainment. We pay more for everything. But don't worry, citizen, this is good for you. No, it's not. It's good for the connected people who get their hands on this new money first. It's not good for the consumer whose pay always goes up slower than inflation. It always erodes our purchasing power before we get a raise. It's certainly not good for savers or people on fixed incomes. You know who really gets screwed? The poor and the elderly. But this is what you get from government. As Harry Brown put it, the government is good at one thing. It knows how to break your legs and then hand you a crutch and say, see, if it weren't for the government, you wouldn't be able to walk. (sighs) Frustrating. So we'll see how all of this plays out. You basically have two choices. You can roll with the crowd and expect that the Fed will do what it's promising. You can anticipate tightening, a continued economic recovery, and you can keep selling gold because that's what everybody's doing. People keep saying, well, Mike, you keep talking about inflation and all these things and gold keeps going down. Yes, that's because the mainstream, honest to God, thinks the Federal Reserve is going to successfully battle inflation. It's going to successfully tighten monetary policy. They think inflation is going to go down because the Fed is going to take action. If you believe that, then I guess it makes sense to sell gold. I personally don't believe that. The other option is you can prepare for sustained inflation. You can get ready for stagflation. You can anticipate the bubble popping. If you want to go in that direction, I highly recommend talking to a shift gold precious metals specialist. You can do that by calling 888-GOLD-160 or shooting an email to info at shiftgold.com. I say it every week. These guys are fantastic. They will look at your investment strategy, your goals, your portfolio, and tell you how precious metals can fit into your investing strategy. So do that today. Before wrapping the show, I do want to touch on a personal note. I mentioned a few shows back that my mom was in the hospital. She's been battling cancer for two and a half years, and sadly, on September 11th, she did pass away. Uh, so, you know, obviously, it's been a, a very difficult month for me and for my family. Um, we did have the opportunity to care for her through her last days until she went into a uh, hospice facility for the last three days. Um, and I'm glad that that was able to happen. I've actually worked through this entire time, and it's it's been therapeutic in a lot of ways, trying to maintain some sense of normalcy, but I'm also physically and emotionally worn out at this point, so I'm going to take a legit vacation next week. We're going to head up north, see kids, just get away, and kind of decompress a little bit, and <clears throat> with that, why this matters to you, is that there will be no Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap next week. 
And I was actually looking back. The first Friday Gold Wrap was on September 1st, 2017. So this thing's been going on for three years now. And best I can figure, I have never missed a Friday. I, I've been out of town on some Fridays, but I've actually you know, pre-recorded uh, you know, kind of evergreen episodes. Not doing that this time. There will be no episode uh, on this coming Friday. So when you see your podcast app and you don't see the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, that's why. Uh, I will be back the following week, hopefully revived and refreshed. Kind of funny, I was looking back at that very first episode, uh, the uh, the kind of summation was, I discussed gold's breakout through $1,300 and safe haven buying that could push the yellow metal even higher. Um, so interesting, in September of 2017, gold was at $1,300. It's interesting, there's this guy that trolls the um, the YouTube channel when I post these uh, Friday Gold Wrap videos. And uh, he always says something like, gold, the worst investment this decade. Gold, destroying your wealth for a decade. You know, this, these these clever little things. And, you know, it really depends on where you look at it. You know, if you go back exactly 10 years, yeah, gold was higher uh, at the very end of the financial crisis. But, you know, if you bought gold in 2017 at $1,300 now, you're probably pretty happy right now. So just goes to show that everything is relevant, relative. But anyway... Um, I just wanted to let you folks know that, and um, so I will not be here next week, but I will see you the week after. So with that, that is a gold wrap for this week, and of course, you can always get more details on all of these stories and more, and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes. Uh, I guess it's called Apple Podcasts now. Uh, I'm on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. We're on Stitcher. You'll find links to all of these things, plus the Shift Gold social media pages over on the show notes page. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you again in two weeks.